0: This morning is from Psalm 62. You will find that on page 479 in the Bible in the chair in front of you. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence, They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse, Selah. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Say law. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. And the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you, will remend, for you will render to a man according to his work. This is the word of the Lord. Be to
1: God. Great. Jacob, we are so happy to have Jacob back. He's been gone the last couple weeks, but it's good to have him back. Um, also, if you uh, Jacob's love language is an actual language. It's German. And if you want to endear yourself to Jacob, just call him Jacob. He loves it. He loves being called Jacob. And I'm being a little sarcastic, but I'm also not. So welcome back, Jacob. 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 Um, Great. Well, this morning we are starting back into Psalm 62. Uh, If you were um, on vacation last week or you're visiting us this week, we are in a sermon series going through selected psalms uh, throughout the summer. Last week we started in Psalm 62 and we approached it from the vantage point of us living in this world of, of humankind. Um, th- this morning, we're going to approach it in a different way, uh, and we're going to get a little bit backtracked, so if, if you missed last week, that's fine. We'll, we'll have some backtracking and some understanding of what we talked about, um, so it makes sense for you this week as well. But, but this week, we're really going to look at uh, the psalm as we walk through this world, and David shows us God's character in his heart. Okay? So that's really where we're looking um, this morning at Psalm 62, is we're paying attention to to how David describes God's character and his heart for us. Um, Blaise Pascal, maybe you have heard of him, um, he has a quote, he's quoted saying this there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man that cannot be filled by any created thing but only by the creator. Let me say that again. He's quoted saying this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, woman, and child that cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by the creator. In a sense, as we look at Psalm 62 this morning and we pay attention to God's character and to his heart, we are pulled back to this this quote by Blaise Pascal that you and I were made for one thing and for one thing only. Last week, as we talked about um, what it looks like to, to, as David describes, two different ways of living, living by the standards of this world, not abiding in God, verse, living in God's will, living, following, and seeking, and trusting God, we we were given those two different viewpoints of how to live our lives, we notice that the things of this world ended in distress, and ultimately in death, they could not satisfy us, As, as we live by the standards of this world, that teaches us to grow our power to grow our possessions, to grow our brand, because we're living for today in the good of one person, me, myself, and I. Yet David teaches us God's character to meet us as we seek him, knowing that that's the refuge to, and the alternative to living life for ourselves. And as Blaise Pascal says here, that we were created for God alone. You and I were made for a relationship with God alone. And until you and I receive that, until you and I believe that, we will chase after anything and everything, hoping that it will satisfy us. But continue to be disappointed. Continue to be frustrated. Continue to be... Um, dissatisfied why because you and i were made for a relationship with jesus christ you and i were made for a relationship with god through christ so last week as we look at psalm 62 through the lens that we were talking about last week we paid attention to verses three and four we paid attention to verses nine and ten let me review some of those things that we talked about move this down a little bit let me, let me review a few of those things that we talked about in this sermon last week. We said, verse 3, look with me there. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall or a tottering fence, if you remember last week, we said a modern-day idiom of those two phrases right there would be, how long are you going to kick a man while he's down? This is the way that we live our lives when we live apart from God. This is the way we live our lives when we are living by the world's standard, gaining power, pres, uh, uh, possessions. Um, when, we're, when we're building, as we said, our brand, we, can, we confront this and we live like this. How long will you attack a man? Will you kick him when he's down? The, they only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Look at verse 9 and 10. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. Remember, we talked about we are meaningless until someone that has meaning gives us value and identity. And that someone is God, our creator. Apart from him, we are but a breath. Our highest state, the the power and the the place that we think we've built and the power that we hold and the the authority that we think we have in this world are, are but a delusion. In the balances, they go up and together they're lighter than a breath. So put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. The world that we live in and living by the world's standards and living apart from God will leave us restless, helpless, hopeless, and without satisfaction. But David paints us a different picture. And we got into this last week. We began to look at what it looks like to live a a life that is trusting or abiding or remaining in Christ. David gives us a picture of this and and this morning, I wanna talk more about the picture that he gives us because of the character and the heart of God that he shows us, that we really do have a place of refuge from this world. And we have a place of salvation from ourselves and from this world. Where do we find our hope here? Look at what David says about God's character, verses one and two. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. For God alone, there is nothing else. There is nothing other. There is nothing that can replace. There is nothing that can satisfy or equal. But for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock. In my salvation my fortress I shall not be greatly shaken we'll talk about this more but in this world we will be shaken at some points we will not be greatly shaken we will not be shaken out of the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ we will not be shaken out of the top security that we find the most secure place in God's hand. Look at verses with me, um, five through seven, as we continue to look at how how David is describing God's character in his heart. Verse five, for God alone, oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Where does David's hope come from in this world? Where does your hope and my hope come from in this world? How will my heart proceed in this world as I continue to face walls of frustration, of trials, of suffering, of burden, how will my heart proceed in this world there is hope david tells us there's hope because of the character and the heart of god j.a Motyer, a theologian says it like this he's talking about psalm 62 as a whole and he says this this psalm 62 is no ivory tower doctrine it doesn't just exist in the world of academia that, that, that it's just a concept that we understand. He says, no, Psalm 62 is not an ivory tower doctrine, but one proved in the hard school of experience. The truth is, whether you are a believer of Christ or not, you are sitting in this room and you know The same as a believer, the same as a non-believer of Christ, what it means to go through trials, frustration, and suffering. You've experienced it. You might be in it now. It might have been last night. It might have been this week. You understand whether a believer of Christ or not a believer of Christ, what suffering and trials are. Jay Motyer says Psalm 62 is for you because you know what suffering is because this suffering has come from experience. But if you're not a believer in Christ, what do you do with this suffering? What do you do with this, this, tri- these trials, this frustration? How do you live life if you're not believing in the hope that you find in Christ? He goes on, goes on to say that, that this isn't ivory tower doctrine because it's proved in the hard school of experience. And he goes on to say that people can be very menacing. Look at verses three and four. People can be very menacing. You and I can be very menacing. And that the world offers no solution either in its people, look at verse nine, but a breath. Those that think they're more powerful are but a delusion. The world offers no solution to these trials in its people or its practices. Look at verse 10. Extortion does not, act, does not give a solution to what we're going through. Robbery, does not give a solution that we're going to. Even if we gain the riches of this world, don't set your heart upon them because it will not give you the solution to the trials and the suffering. And that's where I come back to what Mattyar says is is we can agree as a Christian and a non-Christian on the fact that we both have experienced trials. But where we part ways is that To not have Christ, there's no solution found in this world, either by its practices or its people, on how to deal with suffering, how to deal with the question of suffering, how to deal with the trials of menacing people or menacing circumstances. But David lays out for us in Psalm 62 that there is a way in Christ. That that there truly is in God an answer and a solution to your suffering, to my trials, to our frustrations. Listen to how David describes God's character. David gives us um, a roadmap in a sense to how to confront how to deal, how to struggle in the trials of life. And he does that by doing one thing. He points to God. He reveals to us who God is, his character in his heart. That is the answer to your struggles, to your sufferings and mine is David gives us the roadmap to go as we face these experiences, we actually have hope in a solution and it's found in the person of who God is listen to how he describes them look at verse 6 with me he says he is my rock in my salvation my fortress I shall not be shaken on God rest my salvation and my glory my mighty rock, my refuge is God. If we took those words and looked at them as we try to understand who God is, as David is painting this picture for him as our, as our rescuer, he's our rock. What that means in the Hebrew, that word in the Hebrew means a hard space. It literally means a rock, an immovable object. That, that, that is, is, is uh, firm enough for a structure of life to be placed on. It can withstand the pressures of life as it pushes against this rock. And it will not shatter or break apart. He is that rock. He's our salvation. Our welfare. Our prosperity. Our deliverance from evil. Our victory. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. He's our fortress, our stronghold, our safety. The New Bible Commentary says uh, it, it defines this word, this fortress word, as our top security. Is how it how it uh, translates it. Our top security, that there is nothing more secure than God. He's our glory, our wealth. Our honor, our splendor, our abundance, the outpouring of richness of who we are. That's who God is. Our refuge, our shelter from the rain, the storm, or danger. God is our shelter from evil. And that is what David is describing in these verses. He's giving some of them adjectives, but he's he's taking these adjectives and he's going, this is the character of God. This is the heart of God. And this is why I find hope as I face menacing people and menacing situations. The Gospel, uh, Gospel Transformation Bible says this about these words, rock and salvation and fortress, glory, refuge, It looks at these words and it says this. These words describe the character and the heart of God. But listen to this. Whose full provision will ultimately be revealed in the coming Savior who will overcome the world for his people. Friends, we look back at what David is writing in Psalm 62. And it's holy and it's inspired by God. We look back at what David is saying about the character and the heart of God, but what we need to remember as being New Testament believers is that all of these things that David says about God is actually fulfilled in the flesh, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He actually embodies and fulfills all of these different adjectives and ways of, of God's character. Why? Because he is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus says this in John 16. He's speaking to his disciples. And he says in verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. We're going to spend the rest of the time in our sermon around this idea of peace. So I want you to hear Jesus again. Jesus says that I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus is direct with his disciples and with you and me. In this world, as we talked about last week, living by the world's standards, accumulating power and, and, and uh provisions and possessions in this world as you live by the standards of this world you will have problems in this world you will have trouble even for those that are abiding in me as you are my disciples as Jesus is saying in this world you will have trouble because the economy of this world is different than the economy of God But Jesus goes on and he says this to his disciples and he says this to you this morning, but take heart, take heart. I, Jesus speaking, I have overcome the world. As we face trials, as we face suffering, our hope in Jesus is because he has done the work to overcome the world. 1 John 5.5, 5, the same disciple that recorded what Jesus says, writes this in this letter. He says uh, in 1 John, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So this is what John 16.33 and 1 John 5.5 5 are saying. The one that believes that Jesus is the son of god overcomes the way the world the way of the world and is given peace how does jesus give you and i this peace as we trust in christ we are given this peace that's what jesus says i've told you these things that you may have peace peace in this world. Why? Because this world is going to, is going to be trouble for you, but take heart. I've overcome it. Have my peace. As we trust in Christ, we are given this peace because as, as we read in the gospel transformation Bible, the character and heart of God, whose full provision will ultimately be revealed in the coming savior who will overcome the world for his people. God has worked for you, his people. He has worked in a way of sending his son in the flesh, putting on skin, coming into this world, being criticized, abused, uh, being treated, as we talked about what in this world, the standards of this world apart from God, yet without sin, in order to be a substitute, For you and me so that we can overcome this world and have eternal life, right relationship with God forever. That we could be taken out of this world to be given salvation and forgiveness. Those that believe in Jesus, in the work of Christ, are given this peace because Jesus has become our rock. Those words, those adjectives that David describes God, listen how Jesus has fulfilled those. Jesus has become our rock. Our lives are built upon his victory over sin and death. He is our rock. He is the firm foundation for your life to actually be built upon. Your life cannot be shaken and break up the rock that that your life is situated on in Christ. You have a firm and steady foundation because he's overcome evil. Jesus has become our salvation. He has delivered us from evil. He lived the life that you and I could not live and died the death that you and I deserved, and then conquered sin and death as he rose. He has given you salvation and now lives to represent you. He has become our fortress. He protects us and keeps us safe. As I said before, the top security. There is nowhere more secure than in the hand of God. And he has told us in the book of Romans through Paul that God, Paul says, he will never let go of you. There is nothing that can snatch you from his hands. God is in control and you are secure forever He's become our refuge. He is the shelter from the evil storm. He is where your heart and my heart are able to go and be cared for, be nurtured, be, be safe. And finally, he is our glory. He has become our glory. He has fulfilled that. How? He has given you and I his righteousness. The right relationship between God, the Father, and God, the Son, belongs to you now if you are in Christ. There's no exam to get in. It's by faith alone. He gives you his glory. You are now a prince to the king, a, a princess to the king. You belong to him. He, you, you are his This peace that comes to us because God has overcome in Christ the world and has fulfilled and become these things to us. We have this peace not only as we live here day by day, as we sojourn in this world, but also at the day of judgment. Look at verse 12 with me. David writes, for you will render to a man according to his work. That is a scary line. If, if it meant that I am gonna come before God and all my thoughts and all my words and all my actions is what I'm gonna be judged on, what Steve Pink has done. That is a scary, scary line. Because I know that I don't measure up. The Word of God tells us that none of us measure up. In fact, that is why a loving God sent a Savior to redeem all of us that don't measure up. And so, as we look at this line, not only is there a peace for you and I to live in the trials and the sufferings day by day as we cling to Jesus but we are also provided with peace as we stand before God in judgment, because as David writes, for you will render to a man according to his work. For those that are in Jesus, for those that have trusted Jesus, have believed upon Jesus with their lives, you are no longer standing before God with according to your work, You're instead standing before God according to his work, to Jesus' work, what Jesus has accomplished, overcoming the world, defeating sin and death. You are now represented and you are judged according to Jesus' work. That is great news for those of us that trust Jesus. That peace comes to us as even we leave this world and go into the next world because Jesus' character and love for us. We are no longer our own. We are purchased with a price by the blood of Christ. And that blood of Christ has given us peace. And we are represented according to his work. And so I want to close with, with verse 8. A bit of what do we do with this information? David says in verse 8, trust in the Lord. He says, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. If you remember the tenor of this psalm, there is maliciousness happening, there, he, he is being attacked. He is trying, he is, he is being, trying uh, to be cut down by others. The others are making a, a, a stab at him to pull him down. They're plotting against him. The, the trials, the suffering, the temptations that he's going through. And he's saying, even in the midst of that, friends, listen, trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Bring all that you know of yourself to him. Bring all that you know of God. Bring all that you know of yourself to all that you know of God. Pour yourself out to him. He is able. I want to close with Philippians 4. Paul writes this. And it's applicable to David as he's teaching us, but it's also applicable to our lives as we think through trusting God as David is teaching us in a world of suffering, in a world of pain, in a world of trials. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Verse 7 in the ESV says, And the peace of God, instead of saying which transcends all understanding, The ESV says, which surpasses all understanding. Even when it doesn't make sense logically, the peace of God, even though it doesn't logically make sense to our brains at times in our struggles, it surpasses, the peace of God surpasses all understanding and it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I believe that is what David is experiencing in Psalm 62. I pray that you will experience this same character and heart that God has presented to David and he presents to you, even in the midst of your suffering, your pain. Pour yourself out to him. As David says in verse 8, trust in him at all times, he is trustworthy. He has overcome the world. He is for you. He loves you. You belong to him. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for this morning. We're grateful for this psalm. Grateful for, Lord, how you speak to me in this psalm. as Lord, I am number one in line who needs to hear this sermon. Lord, I'm thankful for those that are in this room that are struggling well, that are clinging to you in their trials, in their suffering. I pray, Lord, that you would show all all of us friends in this room, all your sons and daughters, Lord, where hope is found and that is in you And, Lord, I pray that we would not turn to the left or to the right from the reality that you are a loving God. That our worrying will never take the place of the peace that you give to us in our trials. And I pray, Lord, that we would trust you. You are good to us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.